Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Catch Up Sports Podcast. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. I'm your host, Moses, and welcome to the 10th ever episode of this podcast. We made it to double digits, baby. I recently watched the NBA Finals this week, <clears throat> This week, and uh, Jimmy Butler had a great 40-point performance in Game 3. It really resembled the 48-point Allen Iverson performance in the 2001 Finals against the Lakers, where they were huge underdogs and still won the game. But to me, the Heat are down 3-1, and it looks that on Friday night, the Lakers will win the series and clinch an NBA Finals. So I'll say it right here. Congratulations to the Lakers. LeBron's going to get his fourth ring. It doesn't mean he's the greatest player of all time, but still, congratulations. And uh, yeah, now what's ahead of us today? We're going to be talking about various NFL storylines that happened to give you a sneak peek. uh, Some coach got fired, some couple games that were very interesting. We're also going to be talking about my top 10 teams in the NFL right now and my weekly game picks. So let's jump right into it. Let's first talk about the game of last week, the most entertaining game. The Browns at Cowboys. So as you already know. The Browns beat the Cowboys in a shootout thriller, 49-38. Odell Beckham Jr. had a career day with 154 total yards and three touchdowns. The Browns are now an impressive 3-1 team, and the Cowboys fell to a 1-3. And without a miracle comeback versus the Falcons, they should be winless, 0-4. Let's talk about Dallas. The day after that game, I was watching Undisputed on Fox to see Skip Bayless' reaction to this game and his analysis because he's a die-hard Cowboys fan. And Skip said a phrase that stuck into my head until this day. The Cowboys are icing but no cake. Now, let me explain this phrase. Last offseason, the Cowboys lost key contributors like star corner Byron Jones, defensive end Robert Quinn, and safety Jeff Heath, key defensive contributors. The Cowboys front office hasn't done anything significant to to fill in these holes in their defense. For example, instead of drafting a defensive playmaker, they drafted CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver, out of Oklahoma in the first round of the draft. Is it a good draft pick? Of course. CeeDee Lamb has superstar potential, but was wide receiver a glaring need for the Cowboys? Not at all. Not at all. Second round rookie cornerback Trevon Diggs is starting for the Cowboys. And according to Pro Football Focus, his overall greatest season is 44.5. And if you don't get it, that's a horrific grade. A very bad grade. This defense is a mess including the fact that key playmakers like Lane Vander Esch, Jadobia Wuzier, Sean Lee, and Anthony Brown are all injured right now. This defense is even more of a mess now. This defense can't stop the run or pass, and is ranked dead last in the league, while the offense is one of the best in the league with the, mo- with the, deep, with the most deep Talented skill positions, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, and more. 
But like legendary Alabama coach Paul Bear Bryant said, defense wins championships. And in other words, you can't win without a defense, no matter how good your offense is. The Cowboys are in trouble this season. So why are the Cowboys icing but no cake? Icing sells tickets like icing sells a cake. The explosive offense, the big plays, the decoration, and the cake, the fundamentals, the defense, it's the most important, but it doesn't sell tickets. Cake doesn't sell without the icing, but the icing doesn't exist without the cake. Ask the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs who couldn't beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship because of their defense. Now let's move on to this other storyline that happened this week. Bill O'Brien, the now former Texans general manager and head coach, was fired from the team. A well-deserved hire if there is one. After a horrendous 0-4 start to the season, but what led to this firing? In 2019, Bill O'Brien was given even more power, even more power, on personnel, or in other words, a coach general manager, only if he got the quote-unquote general manager role in 2020, this offseason. O'Brien traded former number one overall pick, Jadavion Clowney, to the Seahawks for two average players and a third-round pick. Then, he traded two first-round picks, for tackle Lermy Tunsil and wide receiver Kenny Stills. And of course, the next offseason, there was the very controversial DeAndre Hopkins trade, trading one of the best receivers in the league for a, at best, above-average running back and a second-round pick. It doesn't look good. David Johnson averages 3.86 yards per carry this season, while DeAndre Hopkins has 39 catches, and that leads the league. And the 3.86 yards per carry is 37th among NFL running backs this season. There's a reason why head coach and GM are different jobs. The coach coaches, that's his job. And the GM's job is to construct and build a roster. When you give your coach complete roster control, there's going to be lapse of judgment in roster moves like the trades I listed earlier. Because 9 times out of 10, a coach doesn't have GM skills like a GM doesn't have coaching skills. Especially when the team is playing bad, there is only one person you can blame. If it's a different scenario, you can blame or the GM or the coach. But Bill O'Brien was both, so he's the only one you can blame. The Texans have the most expensive roster this season, $255 million worth of a roster, yet they're 0-4 and they, and they don't look promising at all. And if Texans fans still think this season can be saved and salvaged, the Texans interim head coach, defensive, former defensive coordinator Romeo Cornell, the last time he was a head coach, he went 2-14 with the Chiefs in 2012. This season is lost for Houston. Let's shift to this. Welcome back, guys, to my weekly segment, the Catch-Up Sports Top 10 Teams. 
the top 10 teams in the NFL, according to yours truly, Moses. And before I start, do you agree with my picks or not? I'd love to know. Comment down below on YouTube or DM me on Instagram or Twitter. Let's have a nice conversation. And uh, really, I'd love to know. But now let's move on to my picks. Number 10, the LA Rams. They stayed put from last week's ratings, but I really contemplated with myself that if they still deserve to be in the top 10. They did win on Sunday, but they barely beat one of the worst teams in the league, the Giants. They needed an interception inside the 10-yard line with under a minute to go in the game to ice the game. But I'm keeping them on this list because I like what I saw from this team the first three weeks of the season. But they have to perform at a high level for me to keep them on there. Number 9, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers didn't play this week due to the Titans' COVID outbreak. You can't deny, you can't deny the fact that Big Ben Roethlisberger is playing at a high level. And the Steelers are a 3-0 team who won all their games convincingly. But I need to point out that they beat bad teams. And this week they face the Eagles. They have to impress me to stay on this list. They have to. Like the Rams. Number 8, the Titans. Same case as the Steelers. It's a pity that we didn't get this matchup this week. Both teams, to me, are on the exact same threshold. Number 7, the Buffalo Bills. The days calling Josh Allen a running back or just a bad quarterback are long gone. Josh Allen has become the NFL's biggest rising star after a very impressive first quarter of the season, putting himself in the MVP votes. The Bills are 4-0 after being a surprisingly competitive Raiders team, scoring a clutch 13 points in the fourth quarter. I'm excited about this team. Number six, surprise, surprise, the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens beat the Washington football team, the third worst team in the league after the two New York teams. Am I supposed to be impressed? They let Dwayne Haskins, who looks like a total bust, throw for more than 300 yards. I'll explain my decision dropping the Ravens two spots when I get to the Patriots. Number five, Patriots. When I, when I was watching the game between the Chiefs and Patriots last night, when I was watching the game between the Chiefs and the Patriots, I couldn't stop thinking about that the Patriots were more competitive against the Chiefs without their starting quarterback Cam Newton than the Ravens were with Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP, at home. The Patriots held the Chiefs to no touchdowns until the final minute of the third quarter. The game score was 13-10 deep into the fourth quarter. Once again, Bill Belichick's defense is the best game-planning defense in the league. And it's by a long shot. If Cam Newton was healthy and ready to play, maybe the final score 
would have been in the Patriots' favor. Even though their record now is 500-2-2, I think the Patriots are the second best team in the AFC. Number 4, the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Buccaneers won a shootout versus the Chargers with their impressive rookie quarterback Justin Herbert, who's improving every single game. Despite throwing an early pick 6, Tom Brady had his best game in a Buccaneers uniform, throwing for 369 yards and 5 touchdowns. Also, their running back Ronald Jones ran for 111 yards, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. Although it was a bad defensive performance, it helps the offense to be on the same page. Sometimes, shootouts are good for the entire team in the long run, and the Bucks look great. Number 3, the Seattle Seahawks. Like the Rams, I debated with myself if I should lower the Seahawks after this week's or last week's game versus the Dolphins. The fact is that the Dolphins aren't a playoff contender this season, unlike the Seahawks that that they are Super Bowl contenders. To me, it's unacceptable that this was a two-point game with five and a half minutes left in the game. But I do trust one of the best QBs in the game, Russell Wilson. And that's why they're still third in my power ranking. But my concern is that their defense is bad. No pass rush and a below average secondary. This might hurt them come playoff time. Number two, the Green Bay Packers. What can I say that's not been said? Green Bay spanked the Falcons. Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers, throwing for 327 yards, four touchdowns without his two best receivers. He made Robert Tanyan look like Tony Gonzalez. It looks like Matt LaFleur is coaching way better than last season, removing all the sloppiness and playing down to the competition part of the team. This is the best team in the NFC as of now and a serious Super Bowl contender. In my eyes, we're going to get a Rodgers-Brady NFC Championship, and that would be sick. My number one team is the Kansas City Chiefs. The game against the Patriots wasn't pretty, I'll admit. But what I like about this team is how they overcome adversity. The Patriots held the Chiefs' offense to six points, almost three quarters. But at the end of the third quarter, Andy Reid figured out the Patriots' defensive game plan, and the result, and that resulted with two straight offensive touchdowns to give the Chiefs a two-score lead in the fourth quarter, and that was eventually the game's turning point. Later, Tyron Matthew had a pick six, just for a cherry on top. Now, let's go to this. Here's my weekly game picks, my favorite weekly segment. Last week I went 10-5, and five. I'd say a pretty good week, and my overall record now is 43-19-1. Before I start my weekly picks, I'd love to know what are your weekly picks. Do you, do you agree with my picks? Comment down below or DM me on Twitter and Instagram. You know the drill. I'd love to know. 
And also, my Thursday Night Football prediction is on my Twitter. So if you follow it, you can check it out. And uh, let's start with Sunday's games. Rams versus Washington. Dwayne Haskins got benched. But it won't change the outcome. The Rams will win by a landslide. Bills at Titans. Two very good football teams. It's a 50-50 matchup to me. And the game is at Tennessee. So I think the Titans will edge it out versus the Bills. If the game even happens. Because there's still a COVID outbreak in Tennessee. Eagles at Steelers. To me, the Eagles are just too injured to have a chance. Carson Wentz is literally throwing to practice squad guys. I'd love to see the underdog win, but I think the Steelers will win this matchup. Cardinals at Jets. The Cardinals will bounce back against the Joe Flacco-led Jets, but the last two weeks were very, very disappointing. I really thought this team could be a playoff team. But the defense is horrendous. They gotta fix it. Raiders at Chiefs. The Raiders have been a have been competitive every game they've played this year. But I think my Chiefs will win. This might be closer than people think though. Jaguars at Texans. After firing their head coach, the Texans, I think the Texans will rally to their first win. Some locker room player-to-player momentum. Bengals-Ravens. I think it's obvious. My I think my pick is obvious. Ravens by a landslide. Panthers at Falcons. Despite the 0-4 record, Atlanta's offense is great, and they beat Carolina 8 out of the 9 last matchups. I'll take the Falcons. Dolphins at 49ers. If I'm not mistaken, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back this week. If so, it's a 49ers win. If not, it's still a 49ers win. Giants at Cowboys. Really, the Cowboys have to win this game. This is their whole season. If they lose, even though when they play in the trash NFC East, their season is over if they lose this game. Colts at Browns. This should be a primetime game in my opinion. Two really equal level teams in my opinion. The Browns offense in my opinion is more dynamic than all the offenses that the Colts faced until now. And that's that will be the that will be the deciding point. And that's why they'll win. Browns win. Broncos at Patriots. I just trust Bill Belichick to win this game. Nothing more. They really impressed me against the Chiefs. Now, prime time. Sunday night football. Vikings at Seahawks. I'll take the Seahawks, but don't be surprised if the Vikings upset the Seahawks. Because Seattle's defense is terrible. Monday night football. Chargers at Saints. I love what I see from Justin Herbert. And I think they'll upset Drew Brees and his flat offense in New Orleans. I believe that. And those were my weekly picks. This is the end of the episode. I hope you all enjoyed this episode as I enjoyed writing and recording it. If you have a friend or relative who is an American sports fan, spread the word about this podcast. Let's grow this community together as much as possible. 
follow the podcast instagram page and twitter link is in the description my hands are open and uh yeah i'll see you guys next time peace